everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Chai with Rye, a show I like to call my digital jukebox of hidden gems, in which I reach out to working creatives in the entertainment and fitness industry. We discuss all things from life lessons to politics, socialism, culture, history to love to sex, the digital space, and of course, the industry, and so, so much more. The message of this show for me is for it to be a space for the guests and those tuning in to reflect. For it to come across as we're tuning into friends having one of those deep conversations mixed in with great banter. You know what I mean? Kind of like when you're watching like Big Brother or, or Gogglebox, but like the audio version of it. <laughs> then at the end, to make things light, we play some games and have a quiz, which is one of my favorite parts, to be honest, because you just let go and be a kid in a playground. By the way, if I haven't mentioned this before, Chai with Rai is an IGTV live show, which I transfer into audio format. So to watch any of the videos, such as of this episode or the previous episodes, simply go to my Instagram at RaiMuitFum, that is R-A-I-M-U-I-T-F-U-M, and scroll through my IGTV. And don't forget, by the way, to follow, like, subscribe, comment, and share. You have no idea, but your support really helps the show and the message of it grow. And of course, go follow these amazing people that are on these episodes and give them some love because it's not what we want at the end of the day some love hmm? anywho i'm gonna stop rambling and without further ado let's get into today's episode I'm really excited about today's guest. Today's guest is Garrick. Garrick um, is a dancer and teacher based in India. He teaches and specializes in dance hall, but he has an amazing background in other stuff. And we'll get onto that. He has a background in house and hip hop and so many other styles. And we're going to talk about that, his training and so much more. He's a faculty, He's a faculty member of the Big Dance Center in India. And we met when Garrick came here to London to do a scholarship program with Danceworks. And we met through my friends, Jess Buddy's class in dance hall. And we connected through that and we're gonna get onto all of that. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, am I, uh, can you see and hear me clearly? <laughs> yeah, Just I can hear and see you clearly. How are you, what okay. time is it? What time is it, be honest? Um, it's 12.30 a.m. in India right now. I firstly thank you so much for joining. I cannot. Thank oh, you I'm, I'm I'm really happy to be doing this. You've got friends already. They say hello, sir. How are you? <laughs> yeah, hi, Kadish. Hi, that's uh, uh, my girlfriend's joined, and some of my students are here as well. <laughs> looking at you, me, so. you are too kind. How has your day been? I know we were going back and forth, and you've been like super, super busy. I'm just gonna pin this, <clears> and I'm just gonna I, talk about. Yeah, go ahead. I just finished a shoot at like 11. I came back home at like 11.30. So like yeah. just about an hour ago, I just finished shooting for the day. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been like a hectic few weeks, but I'm really excited to be going home. Like I'm going back to my home, like to meet my family uh, on the 21st, like I told you. Uh, yeah. So I'm uh, happy to be taking a couple of weeks off from work and... Uh, yeah, but other than that, it's been good. Like, I mean, it's been busy. It's been a lot of hectic stuff and constant yeah. working with like the video shooting and the editing and and also having to take class and still keep up with training for myself and all of that. Yeah. So, but 
otherwise uh, quite happy like quite happy with uh, to be doing so much in general wait so where are you in india right now right now i'm in delhi you're in delhi and you live okay. in calcutta no, yes no. i live in in kolkata calcutta harvey you prefer to say it i mean how do you, wait how do you say it? do you say calcutta or do you say um calcutta? so so in when the british were here it was calcutta <laughs> yeah but post them having leaving and uh, if you've noticed like a lot of the major c- cities had like their names changed yeah, like yeah to make them easier to be able to pronounce yeah and places. and also for some like other reasons like bombay became mumbai and yeah um similarly so calcutta became kolkata and <laughs> So it I mean it's all the same to be honest like fairly makes it it is wait so what are you what were you shooting today somebody's asking is it a new video what is it um okay so we were yeah there is a new video that's happening but I was filming it I'm not in the video I was I was filming it and doing all the light setups and everything in the studio it's uh, it's a video by one of the other faculty members uh, we right. kind of did like a special project for him uh, so we were shooting that uh so it it came out quite nice it's like a, a team based video but obviously i don't want to give it away cuz not my video so i can't yeah. talk about it much but it was uh it was a nice video to shoot like we did um i say it's got a um an element of like drama behind it in in oh. terms of like the oh. the the team portrayal of what the dancer is trying to say is there a uh, but situation but... where tulsi comes out and it's like you kiss us because we are not not quite as dramatic but just more like intense in general intense okay <laughs> we met in london when you were doing the idvp program and right we met during jester's class and i was just messaging jester i'm wanting to meet her but um one thing i really want to ask you is like do you miss london and two what I is really the do. you really do i can't wait for you to back hopefully you come back soon and the sorry I, thing... i interrupted you what was the second part of your question <laughs> no 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 oh my god no so i want to ask you what is the biggest difference for you because you travel as well what is the biggest difference with you for you between london and india let's say mm are, are you asking like in terms of dance or like city in general everything let's do three everything. things what is the biggest three three differences between i have never ever been to india and i've been oh my god i so badly want to come to india Please do. You have a, you have a home and you're welcome to hey, come. Likewise, 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 you have a place here as well. Anytime you want to come. Uh, um, I think three biggest. Okay, I'll answer the first. I definitely really, really miss London because I mean, um, you said that straight only... away. Straight away, like, <laughs> I miss London. I really do. I really, really do. Because um, I think in terms of like the experience that I had for those three months was yeah. uh. was a really wonderful time like it's it's my happiest time of training i think i've done i've done like a lot of training uh very intensely throughout like my dancing training phase in my life but um those three three months in london were like really special not just cuz of the kind of training that i got got but also i met so many different people you know from so many different countries and i had such a wonderful exchange of like not just cultures but like love in in different ways of like acceptance between people of of different cultures and it was just because of that one thing that brought everyone together and you know i got so much appreciation for what i do and i i got to see so many amazing people move in such different ways and in in ways that like inspired me 
till to, to, to this day and i i still remember so many of the dancers that i met there and i i'm i'm still in good contact with so many of them like you being one of them and so like i really miss that aspect of like the friends that i made and and yeah. like that connection that i had with there obviously i have really good friends here and obviously i have my family yeah. as well but obviously when you go to a different country and you experience a whole new lifestyle uh yeah i definitely really do miss it um but yeah hopefully i will be back soon next year maybe sometime soon hopefully i can i can be back but i think three biggest differences in london between london for me yeah between london and india uh number one obviously is is like the dance culture as as a whole yeah uh cuz obviously london has a huge variety in in like the kinds of dancers that are there as well as the styles that they do uh but like, like the dance community as a whole Sorry I think I think in terms of diversity yes but I feel like when I watch your videos or when I see the big dance center or when I see the amount of talent and the 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 amount of styles that India now has I think is nothing comparable to London though that's what I see digitally though I mean um well I guess I mean this is one of those situations which is like you know the grass is greener on the other on side it. yeah yeah so I mean I'm here and I see everything uh for what it is and you are there and you see everything there for what it is right yeah uh and i so i think this is is just one of those situations i mean it's not like there is not talent here and in no way am i saying that like there's yeah. a huge amount of talent in this country and obviously there's a huge diversity of dance styles and especially considering also including like the indian classical styles there's like a a, a vast yeah. myriad of of things that people can do here but uh in general I, in um the thing that i want to focus on is is maybe probably a cultural aspect of difference in dance uh in india you you either start learning a classical form as a child and you continue to be a professional in that but even if you are a professional dancer even if you are a classical professional dancer yeah in you are still expected to be doing something else apart from that okay. like that's that's one of the things probably in india is like even if you are uh oh one of my friends damini has just joined she's a classical dancer herself so yeah she my she damini she kathak so <laughs> yeah yeah she's she's a wonderful classic uh she's a wonderful kathak dancer so like for her also uh, like i say pretty much every other like classical dancer in the country if you even if you want to do it as a profession you're still expected while you're growing up you know to do your education yeah. and to do everything else you know while you're at it but that's not necessarily the case in london like if you are a ballerina you can just focus on doing your ballet training and or doing your dance training and work as a dancer or those kind of things and that's a huge cultural difference here is that you know because of like the indian traditional parents mindset is that you know yeah. you have to have a job that pays well and it's very difficult to convince them that you know dance is also one of those things that can give you that yeah uh, no not just happiness but it can also be a financial security for you and can also be something that you earn through um and it's not just like a hobby you know i right. think that's one huge cultural difference that i felt between london and here yeah um the other thing um i mean the thing that hit me the most was obviously just um probably infrastructure wise the two countries massively <laughs> <massively> different <laughs> uh so um, yeah that i think that's uh, just a given obvious because yeah. of, like, no, i get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. yeah 
So, <laughs> that was uh, that was like a big big thing for me and but in in many ways i could still connect like to london in in like let's say like the tube yeah like for people for from many other countries they wouldn't be very used to the concept of a tube and stuff because underground railway isn't very common in most countries in the world but yes uh india is one of those countries where the britishers did have an underground railway system especially like in kolkata there was it was the first one in india right so i've grown up knowing that system and understand like that was very easy for me to adapt when i went there and i was like oh that this is very normal got it right uh but other infrastructure wise was like very different for me like let's say especially in terms of timing everything in london usually runs yeah. on time uh you know you have a very robust i mean compared to indian standard time <laughs> everything usually runs on time yeah you i mean yeah i mean okay like i'm i'm not going to say like the uk is like germany or japan in terms of like time but um it's definitely way better than in india like I feel you. Uh, but that's definitely there. I abide um, my, I abide my ethnic timing so I will be late for certain things. I will try and be on time but I always say I'm I'm ethnic and I will be on ethnic timing there. If you want me to show up on time you need to tell me like come come to us. Yeah, half an hour half an hour before you you got to inform. Exactly. Inform I messaged you. I was like I'll let you know 5 minutes before that we're about to go on an hour before and just everything just in case cuz I need that for myself as well. Right right. Um yeah and I think uh, in terms of oh, this is really hard to like pick the third third thing. No you t- you picked you picked cult you picked infrastructure you picked time and what else? You I mean I mean uh, I picked the dance like the cultural aspect of dance uh, the infrastructure as a whole. Yeah. And um maybe i think yeah definitely the thing that was very different for me in london uh, than in india was the number of people that i uh, the different kinds of people that was meeting not the number but the different kinds of people like uh, london is much more multicultural than india is in general got it uh, obviously i mean india is a huge country so let's say in, in, <laughs> in that aspect i do meet like in delhi itself i meet a lot of people from various different states Yeah and they all have their you know their own different ways of life and everyone comes from a slightly different cultural background got it uh but obviously in london i meet people from so many different continents at the oh, same yeah. point of time right yeah and yeah that that was that was a very interesting uh, aspect for me uh and that that i think was one of those things that i i felt quite at home with because uh growing up i've had people from a lot of different european countries come and stay with us in my house yeah. we used to have this um, like a cultural exchange program with uh, calcutta okay. university uh, and different universities around europe and so um, every year they would have send a student over and uh, they used to actually stay at my house so yeah. i kind of grew up every year having known with someone uh from <laughs> from from a different country and so that 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 experience that i had growing up in childhood that was just like multifolded and like enhanced when i was in london i was just meeting more people from different places Sorry, oh, did you fall or did the camera fall <laughs> no, that was definitely the camera sorry like, about that damn. no it's fine <laughs> um we're going to get into like your dance background talking about the dance culture and scene and everything like that but i want to take you back to two things what is your earliest and this is like get to know garrick and like garrick to show 
you know, share your story and stuff like that. So we're going to dive into lots of things and talk about lots of things. Um, and we're going to crisscross. But I want to ask you, what is your earliest moment of dancing? And what's your earliest memory of dance itself? So for me, it will be like watching, I don't know, Shole or something and seeing Amitabh button or like i don't know because she got become and things like that that's my earliest memory of dance but like okay. dancing dancing comp is completely different so i want to ask you what is your earliest moment of of recognizing that that is dance and then what's your earliest memory of dancing yourself for me those two memories are the same oh, really? actually uh yeah because i think this was when i was uh maybe like four or five years old uh, i can't remember the exact age i was very young so i was like probably four or five and I was dancing to Macarena with my grandfather in, in, in our living room. And that's, that's like, that's still a memory that's like very strongly ingrained because I used to dance, I used to do, I used to love dancing to that song yeah. and I used to do it like a lot with my grandfather and he used to really entertain me. Karina. He used to be like a very strict uh, parent to like yeah. my mother. Uh, but uh, growing up, he was an amazing granddad to me. Uh, so, like, my first ever memory of dancing and of dance and of even music, actually, all of those things, uh, my first ever memory of music, my first ever memory of dance and of dancing, all three things happened when I was dancing Macarena with him. Yeah. He, he used to have, I mean, we still actually have it in, in the house, uh, like an old LP record player. So he, yeah, yes. And he, he has, like, a huge collection of, like, like really rare LPs, like from like a couple of very rare Beatles collections, a limited wow. edition uh, Michael Jackson album he has. He has one really old Rolling Stones, I think. Um, I can't remember which album it was. He has a Pink Floyd, um, I think. The classics, like I, the 80s, yeah, 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he absolutely loves the I mean, I grew up listening to that kind of music. So uh, I was very, very lucky. Um, you know, so having the kind of uh, yeah, upbringing that I did. So that was, that was very, that was very exciting for me. It's like growing up and having that access, not just access, but like having that exposure to the different kinds of music genres that my grandparents listened to and that my mother used to listen to. It really shaped who I am and the kind of music that I listen to today. Yeah. And it's opened my ears uh, in ways that I realize now because I see a lot of my students uh, in class or like not just my students but other students in class also sometimes struggling with like different genres of music when it's not something they're familiar with um, they don't always understand it very easily but I've never had that issue because I've grown up listening to so many different genres of music uh, that you know for me music is just it's natural right yeah. I mean whether it's listening to Bach whether it's listening to uh, I mean like old school jazz music whether it's listening to Bob Marley and his reggae whether it's listening to like like obscure Egyptian music, that's also something I grew up listening yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, I grew up like listening to pretty much everything. I think the uh, thing is so, the beat structures is always the difference. So like you know, certain things don't have an eight oh eight or like a drum bass or like I don't know the tempo, the four by four structures. I think maybe that's that's what it is for people I want to kind of like brush up on and briefly talk about your dance journey which I'm sure you're used to doing when you do these sort of Instagram lives and things like that <laughs> but we're just gonna like quickly do it and I just want to know from like let's say birth to now the evolution of your dance journey and yeah let's just let's let's just dive in so we get that knocked out 
Um, all right. Um, I think, I mean, I've, I've danced since uh, I, I can remember. Yeah. Like, I've, I've always been someone who's just danced uh, as, as something I just did whenever I listened to music and whenever I was happy. But I never, I never had too much of an idea about, like, oh, I'm, I'm focusing on doing a style or, like, I want right. to train in dance. I never had that sort of an aspect in my mind. It was just something I just purely loved doing, and I just did it whenever I felt it. That's kind of what dance was to me. Uh, and I, I never, ever thought about it, like, as a career or something that I want to pursue because this was just something for me that was, like, I a loved passion. it, and I just did it. Yeah, I just yeah. did it. Just, I didn't even think about it. Like, I didn't even realize that it could be an option because growing up, that was... Like, there was no such thing around me. Like, you know, there, was, there, was, there wasn't any dance infrastructure in India growing up. Like, right now there are studios where you can go learn, where, you know, there are teachers and stuff. But growing up, that, unless you were doing Indian classical, it didn't really exist. Like, I mean, okay. if you wanted to do ballet training in India back when I was growing up, it, there was no place you could go to. Like, you'd have to go abroad to learn ballet or jazz or hip-hop or house or any other style that you wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, dance hall didn't even exist in that question. But like, how many people <laughs> even know about the style in India? But like, let's say even like classical, other other classical styles like ballet or like, let's say flamenco or salsa or other those things. Um, you could never, you could never really learn it in a studio if you wanted. Uh, so that's, I think, I, for me, there was no like real thought behind like, I want to be a dancer because yeah. I never even understood that that was an option growing up. Uh, but, and also I was very focused and very much into doing like biology growing up. I was, I used to love watching Animal Planet really? and National Geographic and Discovery Channel. And that was like my thing. I wanted to be a herpetologist when I was growing up, wow. uh, which is, yeah, the study of amphibians and reptiles. Yeah. And it's something I loved. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I went, I went towards that, that line all throughout my life. And I, that's what I thought I wanted to make a career in. But then dance slowly started entering the picture. I mean, the more I grew up, the more I was learning about dance in general and also the more I was dancing. Uh, I'd never started doing any professional training until like very recently in terms of like my age now. Oh, I sound like, I, I, I sound like I'm I very, know, very you, 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 you do know you're younger than me, right? Like I'm about to be 30 <laughs> next year. You're, you're still younger than me. I, I, I should have said like in terms of percentage of my age, maybe more, more, more in line with what would be accurate. But yeah. Um, so I think about second, um, the first year of my college. So I was about 19, 20 at that point right. of time. Oh, so That's old, when, so old, oh my god, so old. ancient yeah. history right now. <laughs> ancient yeah. history, yeah. Bloody <laughs> So yeah, I was, I was about 20, I was doing microbiology in college, uh, but yeah, there was auditions for the dance team and uh, I kind of went, but I didn't get selected because I wasn't, okay. I, yeah, I didn't actually get selected in the first year, uh, but they said that I could like train with them, you know, and try again okay. next year. And so the second year I did, I did get through to the team. And so that's when I started dancing because um, back then, like I love dancing in general, but obviously because I was somebody who'd never really trained in dance in general before that, like I had no idea of like controlling my body. I just used to move, you know, like yeah. what we, what we all kind of just do Dude. before we train. Before yeah. In uh, so yeah, um, I was quite terrible as a dancer back then. Uh, but yeah, slowly with training, 
the dance team captain his name was Vincent he's he's like the first person who gave me like ideas about oh different dance styles exist cuz to my mind i just knew like hip hop existed because i know i knew different music genres from yeah. way back so i i knew hip hop as as a music style but and i knew it also existed as a dance so to yeah. me most of the things that i saw on the internet was hip hop but you know the fact that there's house and there's there's locking and there's popping and there's trump and there's so many other facets of dancing and dance and, and afro yeah. and jazz and contemporary and ballet and all of those different things this was this concept of like having styles and having foundation behind those styles was something that he introduced me to okay. uh so i first started learning breaking which is like b-boying from him yes so that that's technically the first ever style i kind of started learning okay um and then post that he he also taught me a bit of locking and that's that those those are like the first two styles that were kind of yeah. kind of yeah kind of dance with uh and uh, post that yeah i just i uh, he used to keep teaching us and we used to do a lot of these stage choreographies cuz that's i mean we used to go to different fests and just perform like a fixed set Uh, I want to so just pause for a second. When you say yeah. stuff like this, it makes me think of like the old Tushar Kapoor sort of movies, like Mujhe Kuch Kehna, like where they do like the sort of like the uni competitions. They're like, "Yar, maine isse beat karna hai," and stuff like that. And like we're competing with this college, and they're very like shamak based, like, and they're just like, "Do do 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 da." Is it? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. uh we used to have like these big fests and we we used to travel like like not just in calcutta to different universities but also outside like yeah. we traveled around the country a bit doing different competitions we even went to bombay to compete like in the old nationals and all all of that so yeah the there prize? was what is the prize what do you get is it just a trophy um, or is it like a title um depends every every fest used to have like a different thing some had big okay. cash prizes some were like so famous that just you know winning the competition used to get you big recognition and whatever you are the top uh, dog but yeah yeah uh so but for us like um we like at least the team that once i when i joined it they were already one of the best crews like in in the country and yeah um so yeah we've won most of the fests we've competed in that's like humbly just so we've just won a couple of the competitions <laughs> just say i mean cuz cuz at, at the end of the day these are like college competitions and it's not yeah. like professional dance crews so there's there's a huge difference in terms of like quality. um we used to do uh, so here's the thing like vincent who was like our team captain he he was really one of those people who was like following like let's say like the peak dancers in america at the time like yeah. um let's say like bam martin and and the kinjers and wow. kioni and marie uh, he wow. used to follow all of these like really 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 famous i mean none of us knew they even existed but he was one of those people who had been following them for like years since they were like you know kind of known and so like he he was one of those people who really understood I mean now it's called open style but back then it was I mean even a year ago it, yeah. it was called urban dance yeah yeah so uh, yeah so like he was one of those people who like introduced urban dancing to our scene and so that's that's uh, that's why like none of these moves they look like the traditional you know choreography from colleges and stuff uh, cuz he he really likes like innovating and like doing something new uh, you know 
And so we move on from uni what happens uh so like uh, post that i i kind of finished college and then i i honestly didn't want to continue doing research no more bio and i kind of finished <laughs> yeah i mean the last 6 months of college were honestly terrible for me like i just <laughs> i hated it i hated having to give my tests and submitting my papers and i don't and know just... how you do it i know some microbiology students or just in general like law students and biology student med students is that that is hardcore stuff like your yeah, coursework your exams oh my god they are so strange. yeah it, it it really killed it killed like the the enjoyment and the love i had for it like i really yeah. i really i was like you know what i'm i'm not going to go through with this cuz i realized like i i'm one of those people who like if i don't genuinely like love something with everything that i have i i can't do it like i can't do it like i can't be forced to do it no matter what like you could pay me all the money in the world and like i wouldn't care you can't force me to do something if i don't actually want to like it's it's someone other people so um at post college i kind of just spent like 3 to 4 months just trying to figure out what i wanted to do with my life cuz i was like oh cuz all my life i was like sure that i wanted to be this researcher and like going to doing my phd and studying biology and then all of a sudden now post college i'm like i don't know what to do with my life and i was like what the uh so yeah i kind of i i just took some time on my own to like figure out what i wanted to do and in, and in between this uh i since i was technically had just finished my exams and everything i was still technically part of college so okay. i was still with the team and so we went for this one other competition you know yeah. and this was in bombay and this time we didn't really win anything and we didn't place very well at all because we weren't very for whatever reasons we weren't well well prepared and we didn't do a good job uh so obviously we didn't we didn't do very well at the competition and that kind of drove me as to like why 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 and i'm very like very driven as to winning like i'm yeah. very persistent about winning and doing well if i care about something if i care about something and i and i want to do well i'm very persistent on winning and so that kind of drove me to like i want to come back next year and win and right. if i want to come back next year to win this competition then i want to make sure that i'm ready for it you know and so i was like okay if i'm going to be really good at dancing then i need to seek out training and train and so that's when i started looking online for like these different schools and then yeah. one of my crewmates uh, she suggested big dance to me in delhi uh, and uh, we were at that point of time we were in bombay and they had just opened a branch in bombay so i kind of just went to the studio to visit then i met the owner and he was talking about this course that they have in delhi next year and so i just enrolled for it and that was the first time that i uh, actually went into formal dance training so this was october 2016 was okay. the first time i like entered a dance class and i started training uh, that was in bombay actually not delhi that was in bombay uh, yeah. I, i came back after meeting him in bombay i came back a few months later to to do the course and that's when i first started my dance training over there and it's it's called like a professional dance study program and the first first uh, first professional dance study program that i did i kind of won the best student award whatever kind of just a thing humble, that was just humbly just humbly <laughs> and 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 so for me that was like a a push forward like i think that really drove me to like okay maybe this is something i can do with my life and i i really thoroughly enjoyed those two months of training like like nothing else like what styles are you training by the way what styles are you t- training and what was the first class you ever took 
in that course. Um, okay, so the, the program is designed in a way where every week you have like a mandatory class that's different. And, and so the first week, the mandatory class was gymnastics. And the first week, that's the first class that I ever did was a gymnastics class. Yeah, and then so that in the evening and stuff on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, and post that in the evening, um, we had like classes that we could pick and choose. And we had a set number of, you know, classes that we had to complete to finish okay. the course and stuff. So you could pick and choose. And I was basically training in hip hop, in crump, in locking, and house. Those were the four styles that I chose to train at. And yeah. you also had to do like a, a non-street style. So I was also training in street jazz at that point of time. And then the next month I did contemporary. So those were, those were kind of the things that I started out with. But I was really into crump uh, when I first started. I was like, I was really into crump and like, getting to do all of the crumb stuff. You can't oh really my see God. my hands again. Yeah. It's the muscles. I think it's the tensions of the muscles <laughs> that I think sometimes like gets me off crumb because it's a lot. If people find it to be aggressive, but it's using certain muscles that I just, it's a lot. It can do a it, lot on your body. Like it can, it, it can tense yeah. you a lot. It's, it's, I mean, many people mistake it for being an aggressive style. Like yeah. crumb, at least to me, like when I was training, it's not an aggressive style. It's powerful. It's powerful for sure. It requires yeah. you to have a lot of internal strength to be able to move in the way that it demands. But it also is a style that gives you a very great amount of control when you really learn to master the, the foundations of the style because that style is entirely built on speed and precision. That's you know, it. Yeah. Precision, precision and power all three at the same time. So if you can really master the foundations of that style, like it, it's one of those things that ha has helped me today to be a clean dancer, you know, okay. like I've, I've got my flow and stuff that comes from dancehall in general and has that, that has really come from dancehall training, but like my control and my body control in terms of like being able to do anything that I want in like quick successions with any parts of my body, that has really come a lot to my crumb training. So that's been a style that's really helped me. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much the first, uh, first bit of how my of training started. And then, yeah, that's, that's how we continue. Mm -hmm. so I hope I'm not like talking too much. I'm not. Oh my God, it's like, fine. Instagram gives us four hours now to talk, but don't you worry. I will edit as we go along. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to do like bullet points now. So you do the dance, uh, big dance center two month course. After that, what's the next? You do some more training just, in big dance center or do you travel somewhere because i know you've done a couple of ca uh camps so right, like, right. um so post that, yeah okay so po post that uh basically my schedule for the next three years was i used to do these pdsp courses at big dance yeah. and these used to be two or three months long and after okay. that or in between those courses they used to happen twice a year and in between those courses i would go back home to calcutta and I would train with my crew, whatever I learned from the PDSP, I used to train with my crew. And I used to train them in whatever I learned. So basically that was me self-training myself at the same point of time because I was teaching them whatever I learned. And so Is we this used to drill a crew from your uni or you yeah. created a crew? Uh, no, I mean, we just, we decided to stick together post-college and we were no longer a college crew. We were just like a dance crew at this Got point it. of time. So... Uh, that's when we started competing in like the competitions with the other professional dance groups. Got it. Uh, and yeah. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I did for the next three years. And then, uh, sorry, next two years. 
Yeah, more or less. Yeah, next two years. And post that is uh, when I did like my final PDSP as a student. Yeah. And I was awarded like a scholarship to go to Singapore. Uh, and that was that was like a full scholarship. So uh, that was to Summer Jam. That's like a, um, a week long, very intensive dance course where you do like six classes back to back in a day yeah. uh, for a period of a week. Which is which is it's it, it's it's really killing, but it's with like literally the best of the best dancers in the world, like yeah. from uh, Keoni Murray to everyone in in Kinjas to uh, Paris Goebel has taught there to, I mean you name it and they've been there. You know, Quick Crew has been there. Um, I mean literally, like you name anybody in the dance world and they've all taught there. It's it's the biggest like dance camp in the world as such. Yeah. As such, but yeah, that's uh, there's also a dance jam that happens at the end of it, which is like a really big battle. It's called beer. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a summer jam. The summer jam, the jam part of the summer jam camp happens at the end of it, which is also really amazing because you get to watch all of these uh, dancers like who are like, oh, they're so good, and the battles there were like so amazing. So it was just before this course that I came to London. I was doing my IDVP. Uh, with Danceworks and that's where I did most of my ballet and contemporary training from and also where I very intensely started drilling my dance hall because I was already yeah. doing dance hall training back a little before that for I'd been doing dance hall for about a year before that and then post that that point of time is when I really started to drill in you know the details and like the complexities of the style because I, I got to learn from so many different teachers as well so I just uh, will pause there and I just want to ask you a couple of things, which is, and you told me a story about how you got into dance hall and one of the ladies, I can't remember, Siobhan? Sherry. John Yeah. 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 Um, how you got, I just want to ask you in regards to your dance hall journey and how that began and how you kind of settled. I know you have like, you, you very much still are connected to like house, hip hop, jazz and other styles, but you, I, I personally feel like through talking to you and stuff like that and through seeing the visuals that you put out, that dancehall is the style that has become distinct to you, right? Yeah, 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 it is, it is, it is. Uh, I think dancehall is the thing that like I connected to the most. I mean, yeah. I, I've loved pretty much so many of the other styles that I've just danced to and which is why I still do them. And I yeah. still training. Uh, so yeah, it was during one of these PDSP courses that Janvi Ma'am had come to like teach as one of those mandatory teachers. Like she was yeah. one week, one of the mandatory classes that we had to do. And that's when I first got experience to this style. And that was back in 2017. Uh, so that's when I was like, wow, this is, because this was very different from the kind of training that I was doing at the time. You know, I was doing a lot of Trump. I was doing a lot of house. I was doing a lot of hip hop. And this was a style that was very, very different from everything else that I'd seen. And I was, I was, it, it kind of caught my intrigue and I was like, I want to learn more about it. And then I went to Bombay and then I was training with her. Then post that, uh, she's, she's the one who basically gave me like my base and my foundation of like what dancehall is, what is there in the culture, what are the things that I need to know about dancehall to be, uh, you know, understand it. Because, I mean, you know, you can watch a dance style and try and copy it, but there's so many nuances to be able to you know, justify it and understand the culture of that style that only once you actually really start to learn about it in detail that you can really justify what you're doing with your movement. And so she's the one who really like helped me clear my base uh, and, and know the things that were important. Uh, and suppose that I, I was training with whatever I'd learned from her and I was doing a lot of my own research. Um, 
And after that, there was another teacher in Delhi, and I'd learned from him for a while. Uh, and post that, it was mostly a lot of just self-training and like teaching myself and watching as many other dancehall dancers as I could and learning from them as best as possible. Uh, post that, yeah, the London, my London trip was the thing that really helped me the most. I was mostly doing most of my like ballet and contemporary training at Danceworks, yeah. and then post my like my course timings in the evenings is like, not the evenings, but more like at night. Uh, at night is when I was I used to get free. Uh, so that's when I used to do all the other classes, like Jess's class, and then I used to go to all the other dance hall and Afrobeat classes. I used to do class with Homebros. Uh, I'm yeah. sure you know them. Yeah. So yeah, they teach at base, and that's that's they're the ones who've really inspired any bit of Afro that I have in me is is from them. Like they're pretty much the only Afro teachers that I've had as such. So Homebros right. is like a huge inspiration for anything that I've done in terms of like my Afrobeat. I've had a lot of different dancehall trainers and obviously Jess is one of those people who's like really pushed me and like, uh, but I've, I've met so many, I mean, I've, I've done dancehall classes in London with like so many, pretty much every teacher there, whoever's t- uh, taught. Uh, there's DHK Sharkman, there's Laura, there's Martha, there's DHK Pandey. I mean, I, I literally did classes with everybody, you know, in, in London. And so it was, cause for me, it was, it, it was all about learning. And I, I went there to learn as much as I could cause I was there for like just three months. And for me, that was oh, yeah. a very short amount of time to be able to learn from like so many wonderful people. So I, I did like as many classes as I could from as many people. Uh, so yeah, I was very grateful to have learned like so much from, from all of them. From so many people. <laughs> I want to talk about in regards to dancehall specifically, because I, I talk about this with Jess as well. And I think I talked about it with you when we took that dancehall class in, um, in dance work. Uh, to me, it's a very provocative, dare I say, sexualized sort of dance. And I like, I feel like we're still in the new age. We're like in the new age generation where like sexuality and provocative and stuff like that. But from my, from my aspect, like growing up in Europe and seeing the perception of what Indian dancing was to me, I very much thought that India had a basis of just classical dancing and like Bollywood dancing. Those were the only things. So I think like as I as like digital space has become more populated and I've been able to see talent such as yourself. But I just want to see like, is there, how does the mindset of people around you, do you guys get like shunned? Do you, do you sometimes feel like it's wrong? Like, I don't know why, but certain values that I have instilled in me I just, it feels sometimes like weird, like even doing a commercial class and like moving like this sometimes feels like, I, I don't know. It feels like I'm doing <laughs> okay, my so, culture wrong sometimes. Like, do you feel uh, like that or has that ever happened from people around you? Um, I know it's happened to a lot of my friends who are women, where, you know, because of maybe the kinds of clothes they're wearing, because it's yeah. a little revealing to other people, they might get, you know, called out on social media and stuff, but... I personally haven't faced it. I've posted, I mean, quite a few videos of me where yeah, you just go shirtless, mate. You like you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, it's I've I've honestly never really thought about like you know the style as anything separately sexual. Like for me, dance is just dance, and if yeah. I can be sexy, even if I'm doing hip hop. I can be sexy. I can I can be aggressive, even if I'm wearing heels. You know, yeah. uh, I don't just because I'm wearing heels, even as a guy, like I, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be sexy at the same. I could be an aggressive dancer who's wearing heels, right? 
Uh, and I can also be aggressive while doing dancehall. Like I could be very powerful and not be sexual while doing dancehall. If I'm doing Badman style, that's that's very. It is a very powerful and very provoke. I mean, it's it's definitely not sexual in any way. Uh, so I think it's personally me. I'm I'm thankful for whatever. I mean, obviously being a guy, that's a huge huge advantage uh, that I've I don't. Right, I'm just reading. <laughs> Thank you, so just, Thank yeah, you. being a guy, I've been lucky that I don't have to face uh, sexual harassment in many ways. Uh, so, uh, but I know definitely a lot of my girlfriends in um, you know have have faced it, and I know it definitely exists. I think uh, I just think of India as such a like, I, like I said, from from a European aspect and like in the way that we're brought up, it's considered like the motherland. And yes, there's like you know we can discuss the whole Kama Sutra aspect and whatever aspect of India or like you know even Bangladesh or Sri Lanka or like Pakistan and all these countries included. There's a certain amount of like sacredness and things that still go with it. So I I'm just wondering if you have ever felt that. um i've never grown up in a family where you know sexuality is is separate it is is sacrilege i i yeah. i mean sexuality isn't sacrilege i mean just cuz you're expressing what you feel about yourself uh in in a certain way doesn't make it sacrilegious uh at least not in the way that i was brought up you know uh my parents are very are i'm very thankful to be in a kind of household where you know uh they are very pro sex and pro every everything else whether it be pro lgbt so or interesting. pro like in, in general so interesting to hear like especially when uh, the portrayal of media and everything is so like against everything i mean yeah I, i never really grew up in that kind of a household so for me like i never i never really thought about it separately i mean if i if i feel sexy and i want to dance sexy i just do it i mean i yeah. don't really think oh what are people going to think or like i i honestly i i don't ever think about those things i for me dance is just an art and it's it's a way for me to say what i don't want to say with words and it's it's a way for me to just to just feel you know it's it's not even sometimes it's not me even saying anything it's just me feeling what i'm feeling through the music and i'm yeah. i'm just i'm just doing what the music tells me to I don't always necessarily have something to say. I I'm sometimes just trying to say what the music makes my body say. Okay. So I I honestly don't ever I very rarely ever think uh, oh I need to be sexual, you know, with this song because it's the lyrics are sexy or the feel of the song is sexy or like I need to be, you know, sad because the song lyrics are sad or like what I don't really think about those things separately. I just I I just do what comes to me. fascinating i do uh, i want to move on but I, i i don't know why i just got prompted this as you're saying that i wonder if you have I, i'm trying to find the right words to word, how to word this question but um again like i think for me shirtlessness for guys even didn't exist even in back in the day and i think like salman khan would be the first person um like who kind of did that scene scenario and do you kind of like I, Oh my god there's so many questions in my head but I think what I'm trying to get to would you would you dance shirtless and would you find it still sexy if you didn't have a six pack ab and a chisel chest and stuff like that do you think would you still do it and do you feel the pressure 
because you have to do certain things like that, or there are certain movements that require that certain type of vocabulary. Like, let's say if I'm going to X Factor and I need to audition for X Factor right now, I know as I've walked in the room before, Brian Friedman will go like, okay, guys, tops off now. And like, unless yeah. I'm in a specific shape, because I know if a, if a dance star requires it or if the content requires me to do that on Britain's Got Talent or anything, I know that commercially or what is required of that style, I, I have to be that way. So what I'm trying to say, is, do you ever feel that in that sort of way? And would you be able to do that or not really? I feel like um, I don't Well, to answer your first question, if, if I were to not have a six pack and if I, if I didn't have the body that I did, would I still dance shirtless? Um, and would you still be comfortable? Honestly, would you still be comfortable as much? I mean, honestly, this is very hard for me to say without actually being in that position. You yeah, know? I have <laughs> always had six packs up and a chiseled chest. <laughs> no, it's just like I've, I mean, I, it, it's not about the fact that I have a physique that I'm uh, like proud of or whatever, but like I'm, I'm comfortable the way that I look. Yeah. Like I, I don't really care if anybody thinks otherwise. Like I'm, I'm very okay, you know, with myself, even if I'm fully naked, like I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with my own body. And so whether or not I wouldn't be if I look different is, is hard to say uh, without actually being in that position. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I could look at myself and like compare myself to someone who's way more dipped than I am and be like, you know, I, I don't look like that. So maybe I shouldn't take my shirt off. Like, I mean, I could still think that, you know, and people who maybe aren't as ripped as me might feel the same way looking at me. And I mean, this is just, just an end of cycle, you know. I know. Just no, I feel you. I will say sometimes so, it is nice, like when I've been to Jess's class or when I've been to like other people or like when I go carnival and things like that, it doesn't matter what shape, size and everything you are, like people yeah. are just moving and it's just doing things. But I wonder from your perspective, if it would be like that for you. But anyway, we'll move on, as you have said. Um, I kind of want to get into like the dance, the gritty stuff, which is the dance scene in India. For me, the dance scene in India has always been, like I said, classical, Bollywood, and that's it. It's it, only in the last, I'd say five or maybe like six years, have I been exposed to the big dance center, to the dance competitions, to the exchange programs that happen. The contemporary scene that has grown up there, like I'm a massive fan and you know this of like Eden, I like, I, I see him and his vocabulary and the way that he moves. And then like yourself as well and certain other people that I've seen and like whacking, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of like whacking dancers there. But I, I want to know the logistics, the survival of a dancer in India, the support of like if a young kid was to be like, hey, I want to dance to my dad or my mom. Because here, there's so many different avenues that you've got theaters you've got different styles of dance that you can go into you've got companies you can dance for film and tv like how does logistically it work then you've told me this but i just want to like yeah get to know that um, for people that don't yeah the opportunities for a dancer in india are currently let's say in in comparison to something in london because that's one of the other dances dance scenes in the world that i'm familiar with yeah um it's obviously more limited for sure but it's not that it's not possible to have a really good living at the moment either. Yeah. It's just that either um, you have to be very commercially successful. When or, you say that, what does that mean, commercially successful? 
Um, by commercially successful for me, it's basically like if you were someone who has a lot of people who are willing to learn from you okay. uh, or are willing to call you to teach at their camps uh, or willing to do productions with you, willing to hire you for, for music videos or you know, so on and so forth. Um, and the other is if you have connections um, to the right people who will get you those jobs. Yeah. Right. I mean, because um, there I mean, let's say like for music videos or like music videos that don't require, you know, the most like, I mean, for, for a music video, you don't have to be the most trained dancer to like be in that video and still do a good job. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very rarely that they need the top 10 most prima ballerinas to do a music video. Right. I mean, you don't need, you don't need that level of precision of, of like dance training and control to do a music video. Uh, but let's say like if you were someone who was friends with a director or somebody who's in the industry and someone who you know who gets in touch with people who get these jobs, right? You would more likely be in more videos than other people. And if you were in videos regularly enough other, and you did a good job, uh, you may not be the best dancer around, but you might be earning more than other people who are better than you. What is right? the genre of these music videos? Is it just Indian music, like Hindi music, or it's like the Raja Kumaris and like the... Um, it's know. honestly anything. Honestly anything. Like any, any, any kind of music that's made in Bombay, it could be like even like the underground rappers, they have music videos now where they have dancers coming up. Okay. So um, I don't know if you've heard any of like Divine's music or... So there are a lot of these... Um, I mean, like the rap scene in India. I mean, he's currently the biggest rapper India has at this point of time. Not biggest. I mean, biggest and most commercially successful at the moment. Okay. Uh, he's 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 the most popular rapper at the moment. But there are so many other rappers, like you know, like Emiway and and obviously Bacha and like so many of the other other rappers. Let's say a music video for them. Like if you have like a 10 second scene where you just need to groove for like a little bit you know, at the back, just behind them. Because, I mean, let's say if you're dancing with them, they aren't dancers. So, you yeah. know, you don't need to do the craziest of moves. If you're just grooving behind them, you just need to be on sync. So you don't really need the most amount of dance training to do a good job in a music video when I feel like required. that's it too, because here there's such a scene that you don't need to be. I almost always say this. I think the audition process to get a job is not comparable to the, to the work that is produced in a music video because you will go to hell to get that audition. Like the audition process is almost more stressful and more difficult um, than the yeah. actual job. Because the actual job could literally, like you're saying, could just be a sway with like a little, you know, like a little signature. But, 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 but here's the thing, you have audition processes for, for that job. Do you Here it doesn't know? work like that. No. Here, you get the job if you know the guy who's hired. Is there and, agencies? Do you guys not have agents? And so that, that, that's, that's the thing here, is that, you know, in terms of like the work, that's why I said, either, either you're very commercially successful and you have a lot of followers on Instagram and people who want to learn your classes and your choreographies are popular. Um, not necessarily that you're the best dancer, but yeah. you are one of the more popular dancers who people want to learn from, or you're someone with connections that's going to get you the job, Got it. you know? When uh, we spoke last, you said your survival is almost working in terms of teaching. Do, do you still need to teach in order to survive? Like, does a dancer, or am I paraphrasing, or am I getting something wrong? From my understanding, it was like, you, you have to almost teach in a way or work in music videos. Like, is there no other alternative? I mean, you either 
you either teach you yeah. either work as a performer there's there's when only you, really when you teach cuz sometimes here things like this happen when somebody is a teacher like let's say a base at pineapple one of these big studios they sometimes end up getting stereotyped as just being a choreographer and a teacher and especially if you're doing regular classes it's very difficult when you start getting popularity to book play to book jobs just as a dancer hmm. um here it's actually different if you are one of the more popular teachers people might approach you more to do more music videos with them it's, oh. it's yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's quite different so yeah either either you are a teacher at a studio or you teach on your own you have your own place where you teach something one of those two um or you are working in bombay as an industry dancer basically where you know you are going to either sign up with an agency or you know people who's going to call you who are going to call you for shoots okay and uh so there's okay so we don't really have like agents and stuff here as such for like most of the dancers but yeah. there are agencies where who hire dancers uh but they don't necessarily have like signed dancers to them if, if that makes just sense. like signed talent so it can include like musicians like creative I people mean, just in general they these agencies are more like for models and other 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 talents and they'll usually ask people who work for them to help them find dancers because they need it kind of that kind of thing but this is this is more like the music video kind of scene that i'm talking about yeah but there is also there is you know this bollywood uh background dancer job that also exists you know so to work uh, for all the bollywood films God. like to dance behind the actors that's that's the other job that a lot of people want to run behind and that's a job that you can get through like an agency as such the thing is you have to get a card made and that card costs a lot of money what do you mean by get a card made uh you basically have to sign a document and pay a certain amount of money that certifies you as an official dancer who can work in the industry and and that it's a lot of money to pay like more money than you'll earn in like a year maybe is it like a union so we have like equity over here which like let's say if you don't get paid on time or if there's ever any issues they they will step in for you is it kind of like that unfortunately no if you don't have the card and you're working in a shoot they'll come and kick you out but if you're not getting paid on your job there's no guarantee that they're going to come and help you <laughs> how much is that card if you don't mind me asking uh i think it's it's 4 lakhs which I I honestly have no idea about like the currency exchange to I think pounds but it's a lot of money. It's over. Give me like a second I can maybe tell you. No, I think that's so fascinating that firstly a that Indian dancers can still get Bollywood work because whenever I watch Bollywood movies and having worked in Bollywood myself for like over 8 years whenever we get the movies here in the start it used to be like what I've done like Jab Tak Hai Jaan and like Houseful and all those ones and like I I don't really care because I don't really want to work in Bollywood anymore so I'm oh wow so I'm like Sorry, okay but... no it's fine so I'm okay to bash some people on there but like I remember working on Houseful and Ramu D'Souza purposely put all the Asian dancers at the back and <laughs> all of like the white dancers and the black dancers at the front and I know a lot of white dancers from here especially because I've worked with Bollywood companies who hire white dancers and black dancers now or like will have that because the Indian dancers or the Asian dancers just don't want to work in Bollywood um but they'll get flown to like India to do all of like the award shows and like the big boss and stuff like that and they'll get put in front so like it's it's just interesting because i 
I don't see a lot of movies with like back in the day where there used to be so many Indian dancing. It's almost as if like we're discouraged to be in our own industry sometimes. Um, yeah, and I mean, our industry has become a joke. Like here, the Bollywood dancing has become very much a joke sometimes. Why? Why? Why do you say so? I mean, I'm I'm not like super in touch with like the Bollywood no, the, dancing in the London. Asian, but... it's it's very political here. It's very politicized. So like, if you're working with this company, you can't work with that company. Or like it's it's or uh-huh. like or like the choreographies that are like shown are very much typical typical or like if it's it's just very much a joke. So like I have my friend who's 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 Asian and she's a dancer and she has no passions of being in Bollywood and every time she comes to me and she's like, oh, you're doing Bollywood dance. I'm like, actually no, I teach Bhangra. Very <laughs> and then she'll always do this and that pisses me off. But there's a lot of people like that. But then on the opposite side, there's a massive craze of it where like a song might come out from a movie and people have to do a cover of it and like otherwise they won't get views on instagram or they won't like i, I don't know um so yeah it's, it's it's one of those things i mean people in the industry aren't discouraged but honestly like bollywood is very the industry is really known for being for like working in on terms of like contacts like if you know the right people you get the job otherwise yeah. bad luck i mean it's unfortunately it's not very talent determined like just because you're the best just because you're the best doesn't necessarily mean you're going to earn the most or be the most well recognized yeah. and that that's currently where we're at but i mean honestly you can't what can you do to change the system it is it is how it is <laughs> Uh, I think and, and also like and, and and also like let's say like i mean if you talk about in in general for someone to appreciate dance they also have to know a little bit about it to like yeah. understand it i mean cuz like let's say if you are if you're doing let's say a piece that's more movement based you know exactly. it doesn't have to be any style but like just let's say you're doing a piece based on just movement in general yeah. if you ask an average person whether they'd prefer to watch this or someone doing like flips and tricks for like 2 minutes straight they'd prefer to see that right because yeah. that's more attractive and they're not dancing but to them what difference that's, is it right yeah so that there's I, there's that thing so i mean it's 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 kind of it's it's what the world is like in general i think with most things like just cuz you're very talented doesn't always guarantee that you're going to uh, do well in life or you know be very good at or be commercially successful uh, but it yeah. is it is getting better is is what i can say it is, is it is getting better now with time like people are starting to recognize and understand that you know when the same person does the same thing for the 100th time maybe something is not quite right <laughs> you say that I think it's interesting you bring that up because I was just speaking earlier about with a friend of mine and I think we spoke about this last time you we were here in London as well and I was going through the same thing. It's things like that and I think just like my personal journey which kind of like I have other avenues I've always wanted to act and produce and you know be in a storytelling way and I feel like dance is an extension of that like you said it's a way of telling a story you know visually and I don't know why I think that's made me just turn all of these politics and all of these little things involved it's made me turn off from dance and not be involved in it anymore which brings me to next next question i think that's like my personal journey but have you ever had a moment where you have just been absorbed by all of this and your own life for dancing has been diminished and you've just been like i actually don't care about dancing anymore teaching anymore like i'm fine um um i'm i'm going to say touch wood i i haven't been through yeah. that situation yet um obviously i i i don't know what the future holds but 
I'm not in that position. I haven't been through that position yet, and I'm I'm very thankful that I haven't, because I know people who have, and I know people who've gone through, especially this last year, because of everything, and because of so much. Like so many people have been like, you know, I just don't want to dance anymore, and uh, I don't know. For me, like it's it's one of those things I can't leave. Like no matter what happens, like this is where I go to to escape. Even if I do this like 24/7 now it's still where i go to escape when i'm at home alone even if i've danced in the studio for a whole day if i'll come home i'm just going to play my favorite song and i'm i'm just going to dance even if i'm not dancing full out like i'm still going to dance in my head and just groove to the music you know and that gives me peace and i obviously how it's for, some people do yoga some people do meditation i dance and you know i don't think that's a thing i can just say like i'm going to walk away from some day That's nice. I hope you never have that feeling. I hope you I, I, hope I really hope God, to fingers crossed. I, I really hope to really. God nobody has that feeling for something that they love and they're passionate about. I want to kind of segue to your style and your distinctive voice as a dancer, teacher and a choreographer. I I can't remember. I I think it was the playground or rombe or like some of these classes that I have attended and I think in certain classes you get told like how to experiment with like sensations with different hands and you know what your fluidity of your movement is or like what you identify as and i think when when i see some of your videos and like personally having like seen you move to me you're very much of like a a, a like a powerful calming storm if that makes sense like you have very Thanks. much of a, you have very much of a strength and a liquid liquidity but you have a precision and a control which again we talked about from crump but i want to ask how do you create have you do you feel like you've created a distinct style or a voice as an artist ie dancer and teacher and a choreographer or you obviously we still develop but what would you say would it be for you um i think i'm still in that process of of finding what i really um what i really feel is mine i i definitely know it's with dancehall as my main influence because i understand and i i i feel that style the most but also because of so much training that i've done and because of the amount of vocabulary that i have i also want to move in various different ways that that style maybe doesn't allow me and so i'm still in that movement where i'm i'm learning to fuse everything that i have to make it mine yeah you no know, even even in general like my dancehall choreographies are not very like traditional dancehall choreographies like they're not they're not very traditional dancehall choreographies at all uh but it is how i interpret how i interpret dancehall in in terms of a choreography because yeah. there's a difference between just dancing a style and choreographing a style for me at yes. least yeah i mean you can being uh being a contemporary dancer i mean if you're okay maybe i'll, I'll maybe i'll give an easier explanation because exactly. i think i'll be able to more easily describe it uh but let like let's say with crump i mean there's 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 a there's a dancer dancing crump on like crump music but like yeah. let's say if i if i play a classical piece of music you can't start dancing the same way right i mean yeah. or let's say if i'm i'm even if i play like a classic bollywood track you can't dance crump the same way to that song you could still be dancing crump but yeah. you have to alter your movements you know in order to justify 
the, the journey the of the music that is yeah right uh, and so for me i'm i'm in that process of learning how to justify various genres of dance uh, sorry various genres of music with using dancehall as my base But what you would you I mean? say would be so you know some dancers are very much like they like attack so like they'll be like boom cat cat like or some people really enjoy like sexy movements or some people really like you know precision what would you say when you're dancing if it fits in the pocket for you like when we talk about Paris Global she very much has an attack situation so she'll be like boom cat cat like when you look at Brian he's very much like doom 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 and like he's very detail oriented whereas Wade is more about like feeling and he's like flowy and he's earthy or you know when when you talk about Jess she's she's very much like joyous floating but she sits in the pocket so what would you say would be for you hmm very good question uh <laughs> but also a very very difficult answer for me to give at the same point of time um I think I'd say I'm I'm one of those dancers who's very um how do I say oh this, this is such a difficult <laughs> question this is like answer cuz I'm like really really having to think really hard to like oh this is exactly how I describe myself but uh yeah sorry I'd say I'm more of someone who likes to say stories that's more like I'm if I have to if I have to pick a pick a thing i i really don't want to have to pick something but if i would <laughs> you can say i'm a mixture of this this and this it's fine like you can be a mixture um, of like but the thing is like is is because i dance to like let's say if you look at like the last one and a half years of my choreography yeah i've danced to um contemporary kind of music i've yeah. danced to dancehall i've danced to afrobeat i've danced to indie pop i've danced to Bollywood music I've danced to R&B I've danced to hip hop and I've I've done dancehall choreographies on all of those different kinds of genres of music yeah um so the thing is is that I'm never I never approach any of those songs in the same way yeah ever because they're such vast like they're such vastly different genres and so for me it's it's more so especially like my choreography process uh i i obviously can't speak for other people but my choreography process is is very much me in one place okay i don't really choreograph dancing if that makes sense uh talk when i'm actually because one of the questions is about like your choreography process so yeah go ahead talk about that um so yeah my my choreography process is is actually i have this little mini version of myself in my head <laughs> and i kind of look at him uh with this amazing 3d camera that i can put at any angle at any point of time and infinite zoom and do anything with it <laughs> and i kind of watch him through that camera's eyes and uh i kind of listen to the music and i imagine him moving okay and uh if i really like what i see that ends up being a part of my choreography so do you sometimes feel like so i do that as well and i feel like a lot of people do but do you sometimes feel like your imaginary version cannot cannot hit or do certain things that your actual physical body can do so like i might imagine in a contemporary song like my leg is all the way here but in actuality my leg ain't there no more it's over here <laughs> um so that used to happen to me a lot in the past Yeah. But as time has progressed, I've gotten better at doing whatever I wanted to. Like okay. today if I if I imagine I want to do a backflip and going to 
almost a split and then do like a backspin or some crazy shit like that i mean yeah. totally not dance all but like if i wanted to i could and if i wanted to do an an extremely slow body wave and melt into the floor i could do that too and i think that's uh the reason i've maybe pushed my body very hard in terms of training is because i've had have had moments like this that you're describing that you know i wanted to do something but i've just been physically incapable of doing it and i hate that feeling i hate like i hate like thinking it, oh this would be perfect but i can't do it is it because you like winning and the aspect of you not been doing it it would be failing so therefore you'd be failing yourself and that is the ultimate demise <laughs> yeah yeah in 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 many ways yeah so i i say that's been a huge push for me like is if if i want to be able to do something crazy with my body I've made sure that I've I've been I've I'm able to do it now. Uh, and obviously I mean there's so many more levels I still have to go but that's I'm I'm thankful that I'm able to usually pull out pieces um I'm able to at least physically ab- I'm able to oh god I'm, I'm suffering so much so so bad. No, I'm physically capable of doing them now is what I'll say. Oh my god. Uh, even if I don't sometimes like execute them perfectly I'm yeah. still physically capable of doing most of the movement I imagine myself doing. Okay, so that brings me to my next question. By the way, I'm putting on socks because it's bloody cold in London. Oh, I, I, oh like, no, it really is. Yeah. Um, like I could show you outside and I'll be like, what is it like? like is it snowing or no? No, it's not snowing not yet. yet. isn't that okay. going yet um it brings me to my next question which is sometimes when i have to teach classes and like, we'll ask this there's different stages of choreographing and teaching so when we chore- choreographing versus for tv for class for classes of different level for stage we're going to dissect and quickly like do a minute on each when sometimes you choreograph and you have a vision and choreography naturally comes to your head for a song that you're going to do in class Do you sometimes feel like you have to alter it because your students might not be able to do it as well as let's say if you're doing it for talent on a music video or a concept video you know some of the dancers around you you'll be like okay I want to really do this move but I feel like I know she's capable of it but on her body it might not look good so I have to alter it Um so so I'll tell you for in terms of like choreographing for music videos Yeah. I don't ever compromise on the movement because if I'm choreographing for a music video, uh I'm going to do the visuals that I want. Yeah. And if the dancer is not capable of doing it, it's on them because they're going to kick them out. And um I mean it's it's on them. Damn. Honestly, like it's cuz I mean like if I show up to set and say like, you know what? I can't do that. That's me. I mean, you should fire me at that point of time, right? Yeah, but I'm a professional you, and not all dancers who are of a professional level this is what, like even here like I at one point was a professional dancer I can't do a backflip anymore so like, like let's say I mean I, I'm I'm not hiring I like if I wanted someone who is really good at doing flips I would hire someone who is really good at doing flips right got it that's that's also the thing I mean so if I expect a certain kind of groove and I and and they're coming to me as a professional dancer I would I would expect that to them right yeah. and if they're not capable of delivering it that's that's on them but in class um I I choreograph a lot of pieces that I don't end up shooting I don't end up posting cuz I choreograph like a lot yeah. uh, I just don't end up actually posting a lot of the content that I have like let's say in this last week alone I've done three choreographies and I don't think no one's ever going to see those pieces 
Why? <laughs> so, I, it is like that with me. I'm, I'm, I'm very like that. I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of bank with me when I need, whenever I need to go somewhere if I need them at any point of time. We're going to uh, talk but about yeah, the digital class. space, by the way. We're going to talk about the digital space, and I think that's when that's when we'll be do that. Uh, so yeah, for class, what I'll do is I usually just choreograph, and when I'm choreographing for class, I usually have a specific thing that I'm trying to teach the students on a week. Okay. And I choreograph a piece according to to it. So if I'm um, <laughs> so if I'm uh, let's say if I'm if I'm working on like speed changes for a particular week, yeah, I'm going to make the movement like the choreography easy. Yeah, and I'm not gonna work too much on execution of on the choreography that week. But I'm really gonna make the speed changes very difficult for them. Got it. You know, and and similarly, if I'm working on flow change, or if I'm working on texture controls, or if I'm working on just like maybe middle school dancehall foundation, so on and so forth. That's that's usually the small little tweak that I do. But for shoots and stuff, no, I I never compromise. <laughs> Okay, describe quickly to me the differences of dancing and choreographing for class, stage, and film. Um, by film, so you like, mean like movies, or it can be movies, it can be music videos, it can be like for Instagram content video and okay, stuff okay. like that. So okay. anyway, so that's film composers of all of that. Okay. Uh, so for class, for for me, honestly, every choreography that I teach in class, which is usually the things that I post, is very focused on one element of trying to teach. uh something for that day usually yeah. all of my choreographies are focused on uh, some particular element that's usually the main thing that i think about when i'm doing class choreographies if yeah. i'm doing choreographies for shows i focus more like if i'm doing for a crew or a big stage performance i usually focus more on visuals because obviously i have more people to work with so the main thing that i really think about is the visual look of of the piece as a whole and okay. what it looked like to an audience with 30 people and for music videos it's it's a very complicated thought process because i i do a very different uh breakdown because every time the song is different or the the theme is different and and it's it's a much more nuanced thought approach that i'd i'd have to give you like specific examples and break down with it so it's it's much more nuanced for every instance what about as a dancer for all three um if it's just for myself honestly i i just i close my eyes and i do what i feel i don't really think at that point of time if it's for myself i don't think i think that's so interesting you say that because i i was trying to get an answer and i wondered if you would do the same so like it i don't know if you would agree or disagree with this i'm going to quickly brush up on this which is like when you dance in a class right there's different levels so you have to cater as a dancer and as a choreographer and you have to for me and i've talked with lots of people you have to ensure that the choreography that you do is is that your students will be able to do it but still be challenged but when you do something theater so like for the stage you have to ensure that your you won't necessarily add a lot of intricacies so i won't necessarily do like a lot of hand stuff because i know somebody in like the top row or like the third circle or the stalls might not be able to see me but somebody on the base will be whereas opposed to when you do for film or camera you'll be able to like do stuff with your face or your hands and you you know they'll be able to right. do like footwork and your energy has to be reserved as a dancer for because you're going to do like 16 to 100 takes of like the same thing 
Whereas on stage, you'll go 10 minutes of performance, boom, adrenaline gone. But right. do you agree with that or not agree? Or you, for you, it's, it's always been about like mental and like you described everything else. Oh, this is, this is, um, do, do we have, okay, I, I'm going to brush on this really quick. Um, yes. So for me on, 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 on stage, I've, uh, because I've had a lot of experience with like being on stage a lot, I'm very, uh, I'm very capable of like, in terms of like energy control, I'm usually very good at it right now. So even if I need to go on stage and perform 20 times, I'm really able to do it now that I, as opposed to I wasn't before, but like when I'm, when I'm in terms of like energy and performance for me, I honestly don't ever think about it because I'm, I'm expected and I'm trained enough to be able to do what is needed of me when I have to deliver. If I have to dance 20 times, I, I'm going to do it full out 20 times because I train myself to get to that point of time. So I never really think about having to reserve energy anymore. I used yeah. to, even a couple of years back, I used to have to think about doing that. I no longer need to. That's a skill but set. In terms of like choreography. Skill set. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, honestly, I've had to work very hard to be able to pull this off, but I'm, I'm capable of doing it now. Yeah. But in terms of like choreography, um, yeah, for sure. Music videos are something that I'll, I'll actually, in, in, I'll think less about choreography and more about angles because I think more about shots and what, yeah. what kind of dance would look good with that shot is what yeah. I think about more. Versus on stage, I think more about visuals overall. I think that's, that's what I'll boil it down to. Class, I honestly, I, I told you, I, I don't really think unless I'm working on specifically something to teach the students that week. Got it. I, I don't really think too much about class choreographies, uh, you know, in terms of like detailing. Got it, got it. Question, we're gonna now go move on to the digital space era that it has brought right. us together. How do you feel, and I, I've asked this to a couple of dancers slash choreographers that I've had on this and even when I have, how do you feel like the digital space has changed positively and negatively from your perception, whether that is do you have to now do a video at the end of the class to film because the students want it and like it has to be there and like you have to put groups and like people have to do situations like that or like you know doing a popular song and you're kind of like pressured or choosing a specific song or like having views like I think yourself have mentioned or you know in regards to booking jobs or just or TikTok trends or like whatever it is like how has the overall digital space positively and negatively impacted your uh, me personally and your or, I, or like just my perception of it? So let's of, say of it. your perception of what you have seen for the industry um, and then your personal experience. Um, okay, so in, in terms of like my perception, I'll say that uh, most things honestly now are not like most pieces of work that I see online on stuff that I enjoy very much watching because yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of all the same. Uh, and, and I mean, I'm, I on, honestly, I'm, I'm still one of those people who really like, like to be different as best as possible. Like I know being regular with your content is, is more important and that's what's going to help you get an engagement and you know, all of those things. But um, yeah. I, I honestly don't always film my classes and there are weeks that I don't teach a choreography. I haven't posted like in, in two weeks, like I haven't posted anything in, in from like my class videos and stuff because I haven't taught a choreography because I didn't think it was important that week. 
I'm still one of those people like if I want to teach just foundations for a whole week, I'm going to just teach foundations because if I feel that let's say in one class I'm going to see people are struggling with a certain kind of foundation in the choreography and I realize that you know what I need to work with them on this the next week I'm not going to teach a choreography I'm just going to work with them and it, even if that week doesn't help them I'm going to do another week where I need to work on something else with them and for me it's more important you know cuz it's more important to me to like <laughs> not have to think about filming I'm never going to force uh, myself to like oh because I want to get more students in my class I'm going to you know film everything that i do or i'm going to post it on instagram or i'm going to do a popular song and stuff like um i still haven't i i've i don't think till date i've not done a very popular trendy hindi song yet like i i'm just not one of those people who can it's not possible for me to like yeah. of all i i of all the hindi songs that i've ever danced to they've all been like much older classics because those are things that i connect to to the most like yeah like the piece that i think most people know me by is suraj hua madhyam and that like that's it's such a, it's i don't know that song came out maybe in 94 95 it's you know, 2002 calm down 2000 okay sorry i'm totally off on dates but when <laughs> whenever that song came out uh so yeah 2002 so it's i mean my point is still valid that it's, it's a very yeah, old yeah, song yeah 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 uh, it's yeah it's it's a classic old song and so um you know i i still don't dance to like new trendy hindi music just because it's going to get me a lot of views you know uh i i really can't because if i don't love what i'm listening to i I, like I I told you in the beginning of you know the podcast yeah. I can't I'm someone who can't be forced to do something you know so if I don't yes, really love no, the song I yeah I I can't be made to choreograph it like it's it's not and especially I'm not going to teach that in class for sure like that's never going to happen like if I don't genuinely absolutely love the song I'm not going to teach it in class there's no way that's happening I I might still work on a music video because I'm hired to and that you know it's part of my career. I'm yeah. if I'm hired to do a music video that's one thing but I'm never going to teach my students a piece that I'm teaching for the sake of me teaching how I choreograph. I'm never going to do that to a song that I don't genuinely love. So I'm never going to I'm one of those people who's never going to push myself to get into trend uh just to you know get more students in class or get more views on my videos I I'm never going to be one of those people like I get I get asked a lot to do it I get I get asked like almost constantly to do it but it's I've I've kind of taken a stand that I'm not going to you know it's not going to happen do you think so, it impacts you cuz I I I've done that sometimes but I feel the pressure to sometimes by my students to do certain things or by a my company owners or my agents to do certain things because otherwise like i used to teach at base and like i wasn't teaching a distinctive style but i wouldn't have a lot of numbers because i wasn't doing the popular songs and i would have one person and then profitably wise like for me to survive as a teacher at that point or like for me to keep that room was a lot of money and i was like if i'm not getting the revenue how the hell will i be so i had to, sometimes i was like okay i'll make a sacrifice and i'll do certain things or i'll post a video to get people and to get people to recognize my work because if i'm not getting anybody and every week i show up with choreo and nobody's there to to do anything then like 
it's just nothing's happening. So do you ever feel that pressure? Obviously you've built a name. Um I I I I do and there was once there was a part when I started teaching in the beginning that was really struggling with this thought. Uh you know that I I had to like what do I do to get more students in my class but then I I kind of realized like if I'm thinking about this then I'm doing the wrong thing as a teacher. because uh, i mean obviously number one is that you are financially dependent on teaching you know in a way but also i am i do other things that i earn revenue through right right now at least i earn money through doing other things as well i i shoot videos and i edit videos as well and i i do private classes and i do choreographies and i work for music videos and i do other things as well so i'm not always i'm not only dependent on my class to like you know it's not my sole source of income so i at least have been i am at least in that position where i don't ever have to sacrifice uh what i feel the students who come to me to learn what i want to teach Yeah even if it's like five people or seven people or 10 people or 20 people whatever that number may be if those smaller number a uh, small number of people want to come and learn from me they come to me not because I'm going to do the trendiest song but they come because they know I genuinely have something that I want to teach and that's going to help them grow yeah and so I I used to be in that thought process where I had to think about you know should i start doing the more trendy songs or should i start posting more uh but i i kind of realized that this is the wrong thing and yeah. that i i should be more focused on what can i do to better myself as a teacher and yeah. like what are the things that i need to teach more what are the things that i should be teaching you know what are the important things that i learned during my training that i need to pass on yeah and those are the things that i still focus on my class more than anything honestly and i'm very thankful that i'm in this situation where i don't have to i don't yeah. have to do the trendiest songs i don't have to uh you know shoot every class to get people to come and learn from me i know i have lesser students than other dancers in india but i'm okay with that there are still people who want to come and learn from me and i have a very uh my students are very like loyal towards coming and learning from me like because okay. they they know what i teach is is right and they know yeah. the way that i'm teaching them is going to have them you know down the line to get to where i am and even beyond um so yeah but obviously not everyone can do that and i know people around me who are rely on their teaching as their sole source of income and for them you know you have to do what you have to do at the end of the day you got on the bread and yeah. if that means you know you do more trendy songs i mean i don't have anything against anyone who does trendy songs and stuff or like does a lot of instagram posts or whatever like i mean i honestly don't care i it's just i'm not one of those people who can do it and so i'm not going to do it so people who expect it of me i just tell them that it's not possible yeah but anyone else who does it it's honestly their business who am i to say anything about anybody who does whatever they want with their but i think that's so interesting i think like the digital space is such a is such a thing i even find it that it might be going back to the point where the grass is greener on the other side but i find the most amazing talent and like yourself people who might not have like millions and millions of views or like might not have such a great digital presence are the most talented and are the are the most like 
genuine substantial people in their work and as people and really love what they do and i feel i feel sad sometimes when things don't get supported and things like that don't get enough recognition because like right now we have we had like at moments we'll have like three people who are in this life or like maybe two people and some people might be going crazy some people might be like oh my god why don't i have more people but or like you know i i don't have enough followers but i think it's really interesting that you stick to your guts and you know there's a lot of dancers and teachers out there like I said again who might not have some followers but are immensely talented and they should get the same platforms the same um it, it should but i mean that's not how the world works and i mean honestly uh, hey as a consumer it, i feel like in today's day i will be a champion for this and i will be like until my dying breath i will be like yes i'll conform to certain things because i understand business but i i will be like as a consumer in today's digital space i think it is our responsibility to ensure that this person has as much value like i'm not just liking the popular likes the ones that are showing up but i'm also liking my friends posts and supporting them and doing x y and z so yeah um i had so much to talk to you about but i think we're going into a long long time and thank you very much yeah. sorry boys but we're going to get onto some fun things now and we're going to play games everybody i'm so sorry to interrupt in the middle of the show however as i mentioned before chai with bright is an igtv live show that i convert into audio format so this section that you are about to listen to might not make sense because there's not a visual aspect so if you would like to watch the video aspect of it like i said please head over to my instagram at rhymeitfum that's r a i m u i t f u m and go to the igtv section on my page and simply scroll through for the right episode however for now we're going to skip to the next section and i hope you guys enjoy peaks and valleys all right peaks and valleys a uh, peak is a highest point in your life and the lesson you learn from it and a valley is a lower point of your life up till now and what lesson you learn from it uh, i think the highest point in my life most recently was when i got that scholarship to go to singapore okay I think that was something that made me so very happy because I knew also I knew at the back of my mind that meant that post all of that training when I came back that I would be a teacher at Pick Dance um and that's something that I've been working towards and like usually most of the other people that you know have been teachers there have become teachers after like 5 years of having trained at that studio or 4 years or 6 years of having trained at that studio and it had been less than 2 years for me yeah. and i had already kind of gotten to that position i had already been a junior teacher f- from like 7 months onward on, at the studio like i was a, a next generation faculty at the studio um but that was the first time i'd be moving into becoming like a, a full time main faculty at that studio and also having gotten that scholarship that was the first time that somebody was sent from the studio as well and that was me and so that i think was like was is was a huge affirmation that what i was doing and the way that i was training and the amount of effort that i was putting in was the right thing and what i was doing was correct you know at least it it felt like a huge affirmation that i was doing the right thing in the right way as possible and uh yeah it was it it made me really really happy yes. lowest point in in my life uh very very hard to pick and 
Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about maybe <clears throat> the lowest point of my time uh, life, maybe as a dancer. As is, is in my dance career, I can definitely talk about that. Maybe lowest point of my life would be a little too personal to discuss, but definitely lowest point as a dancer, I'd definitely, I, I think I can share that. Um, would probably be when I first started teaching, like maybe like six months into when I first started teaching. Because yeah. I was in this space of mine where I was very, very distraught with what I was doing because uh, I wasn't 100% uh, able to, you know, be happy with what I was doing, number one, because I just made that transition into teaching. So I wasn't yeah. ever satisfied with anything that I was doing. Like if I would teach a choreography in class, I'd just look at it and like be off. That was absolutely terrible. Like I used to hate watching myself dance back then. Like it was, it was, it was at that point. Like I, I was like, I'm such a terrible dancer. I can't even watch myself. And yeah. that's where I was extremely harsh with myself in, in many ways that I shouldn't have been. I'm much yeah. more lenient towards myself now um, than I was back then. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I used to be very overly critical of myself as well. And because as a student, I had done so well, you know, uh, at the studio and at pretty much everywhere else that I went, I always used to do very good in dance classes. And I always expected that that would translate equally and would be immediately transferred to me being a teacher. You know, I would be equally successful and equally as good as a teacher as I was as a student. And obviously that's not the case. And, you know, and that's, that transition took me a while to figure out what I was trying to do as a teacher and who I was becoming. And yeah. that was the point where I, I hated everything that I did. And I, I, I used to enjoy teaching a lot in class, but I could never really watch myself dancing. You know what I mean? I was very happy dancing, but I was never happy watching myself. Like I would dance and if anybody had to film me and if it needed to be posted, it would happen but I would never ever actually watch my videos because I really couldn't. I used to hate, I used to think I was absolutely terrible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, that's, that's something that I just took time to figure out over time to, to learn to be happy with where I am and who I am, you know, as, as, and also learn who I was and who I was trying to become. Yeah. It's very interesting. I still do that to this day. I don't watch myself. Even when you're editing like your own video, I don't like to do that. Um, Words of wisdom you would share to somebody who wants to do anything, whether that is dance, you know, and they don't have the support group or whatever it is, or if they do have the support group, what to do. The biggest words of wisdom that you would give to somebody. Um, Think about who you are, who you are to yourself. Think about who you are to yourself and whatever decision you're going to make, will this version of you that you have in your mind be happy with whatever you are about to do or you are going to do with your life? If is this person that you think of yourself as from a third perspective, if you see that person making the decision you are about to make, will, will that version of you be happy a year down the line, six months, a day down the line, five years down the line. Uh, if that decision or whatever process or progress you are making through your life, if that doesn't give you happiness, don't do it. Nice. Really nice. 
really really nice we're gonna end up on happy notes we've come to the end we've done over two hours thank you to everybody who has stayed on here i really appreciate that thank you to my bladder for staying here and not letting me pee <laughs> oh my god um what um, upcoming projects do you have um so right now i'm gonna be going back home and there's a couple of videos that i'm gonna be working on there's i have something planned for next year which is basically a yearly plan more than it is just like just a video i actually have like a whole series of months planned as to what i'm going to be doing in terms of like myself as a teacher and a performer okay um so i i don't know if you've seen but like last year i did something called like dance all december yes there uh, yes. i was doing this whole month of like choreography based classes where i was because usually i would teach like one choreography a month and the rest of the classes would be foundation and that was right. the first time i was teaching like all four weeks choreographies because that's how i planned everything to be um so this coming year i've actually planned like four or five months in the year where i'm wow. going to be doing a special special something uh theme based on every one of those months and that's currently the project that i'm working on uh so designing that and making sure that you know there is no sacrifice between the training that my students are getting and the performing that they'll be getting to do as well as the 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 art behind the choreography if at all there is one you know got it there will be one that's, that's, yeah that's nice. currently the most important thing that i'm working on for myself right now no it's, it sounds good i can't wait to see it hopefully i come and i get to experience it where can people find you if there's anybody here that you know is an already a part of your instagram and stuff like that pretty much i i'm not active on facebook i don't even have a facebook account are so, you teaching in the studios yeah i so i teach at big dance uh, every single week my timings are have changed very recently so in yeah. case that change happens i would suggest that anyone who wants to see me can go on to my instagram and you will always find my current timings on my page uh but i do teach every single week uh at big dance and obviously you can contact them directly besides that i do personal i do like uh private classes i do teaching i do choreographies for like college crews i do choreographies for like uh small art projects and other other things as well i but i'm mostly on instagram and i have a youtube channel where i post like content that i'm very that i only make specifically for youtube um yeah. that's something that i work on i i post like maybe a video a month or two month every every other month cuz i only post like the best of best of best of my content on my youtube yeah that's it uh i don't know it's on to see guys and then uh, Garrick will also be coming to London to teach some stuff here hopefully soon. Hopefully so that'll be that. But um my last question to you is this what's your favorite type of chai because I have to end on that as corny as it is which you didn't take part in and I'm very disappointed because that's the whole part. I'm so 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 sorry. You're, If it wasn't like, like super guest. late night you're my last guest of 2020. I should end on a happy note no, I'm joking. <laughs> um it is definitely traditional dood chai at a chai wala in on the street for nice sure one. without fail well i look forward to coming to india then and you treating me to a nice cup of cha uh um, yes very with, very much 
Uh, I just want to say like thank you, thank you, thank you so much for like having me. It was uh, it was it was really nice. It was really nice to be able to do this and like talk so much. I really had a good time. You have no idea how grateful I am for every single person that comes on here and for you particularly because you I think are the first person that is like past midnight has talked to me for over 2 hours. People have stayed on and you've shared so much. So I really really am very much grateful for you. And I think you are an absolute talent and I I just I wish you nothing but success and I can't wait for all your dreams and all your visions to come true and i'm thankful and grateful that i got to meet you that day in jess's class when i was like jess i'm quitting dance and she was like just come to class so i'm very grateful for the fact that i've met you and our paths have crossed and yeah i look forward to meeting you in person again soon and just just grateful and thank you for everything seriously really really Well, that brings us to an end and I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did so, make sure to subscribe, follow and spread the love. Share this with a friend, an auntie, your nephew, your niece, that creep or that neighbor, you know the one I'm talking about. Your support really helps the show and the message of it grow. By the way, if I haven't said this before, to watch any of the previous or this very episode's video, simply go to my Instagram at rhymeitfum. That's R A I M U I T F U M and scroll through my IGTV. I hope you have had an amazing day or night if you're listening to this before sleeping. I'm wishing you all the love and light and as I always say, now must go. <laughs> Meaning now I must go. That's copyrighted I own it and I will see you. saying before all thank you so much for tuning in it's been my pleasure stay curious and until next time